You're listening to the Unlimited Fantasy Football Podcast, your news for everything related to fantasy football. I'm your host, Ben Droz, and I'm going to be right here every week giving you the updates on fantasy football with injuries and what those injuries mean for your players, trade advice, and who you should be picking up on the waiver wire. All that and more is right here on the Unlimited Fantasy Football Podcast. So we're going to start the show off, as we always do, diving right into the injury report. And the major injury of note coming out of week three was that Mike Williams is going to be out for the rest of the season. Williams tore his ACL in the Chargers' last game against the Vikings, and he will be out for the rest of the season, elevating playing time for Josh Palmer and Quentin Johnston, as well as giving Keenan Allen even more targets than he's already getting. Allen is definitely the bona fide wide receiver one in this offense. He is a huge winner coming out of week three, and I will touch more on him later in the show. But the two guys is, is going major, to majorly infect for playing time is going to be Josh Palmer and Quentin Johnston. Palmer, in the five games in his career that Mike Williams has not played, has averaged just under 13 PPR fantasy points. So Josh Palmer is definitely, I think, going to be a flex boy this upcoming week, especially against a very soft Raiders secondary in this week four fantasy week. But Quentin Johnston, the rookie wide receiver that the Chargers drafted this last year, could definitely see a every down roll with Mike Williams now out for the rest of the season. So these are two guys that you're definitely going to want to keep on your radar. They both should be rostered in your league. I'll touch on Palmer a little bit more when we get in the waiver wire portion of it. But if I were to guess, Palmer is definitely going to be the wide receiver two in this offense in these first few weeks. I definitely think he has the job right as of right now over Johnston. But as the season progresses, we could see Johnston get more and more playing time. So Palmer is definitely going to be a flex play this upcoming week. Johnston, very risky. I, I still think he's just a bench stash, especially now with the Mike Williams injury. But Palmer is definitely going to be the guy that if you're thinking who who's going to be the second guy in this offense, it's likely going to be Palmer. The other major injury was that Derek Carr has been diagnosed with the AC joint sprain, and he could miss a couple of weeks. So while the injury doesn't appear to be season-ending for the Saints quarterback, Jameis Winston is going to be taking over the starting quarterback spot for the Saints in the time being. So with that, Jameis Winston is likely going to maybe lower the ceiling for Chris Olave, which is kind of a little bit of a bummer, but I definitely think that Derek Carr is a definitely a, probably a better starting quarterback in this league than Winston. We know Winston can throw the ball deep. He can light up the field at times, but then again, sometimes his bad decision-making can come to bite the offense on the rear end. So Winston definitely, I think, is going to lower. It's def I think the ceiling is probably still there, but I think it lowers the floor. I think Chris Olave is now definitely more, more likely to have a bust week when he always scores like six fantasy points than as to when Carr was in this offense. So Winston definitely can still get the ball to Carr. I'm still confident that he can perform well in this starting role, but I definitely think the floor is lowered for this offense. It's not Carr. Olave is still a must start player, but the floor for him being like easily going to be a wide receiver too. There might be a week where he only scores six fantasy points and it's definitely going to be tough. 
So Olave definitely still a must start as, but Michael Thomas is probably the guy that this is going to more affect because Carr was doing actually a decent job of getting Michael Thomas, getting Michael Thomas the ball. Thomas may not, he may just now be a very low end flex with Winston now in the fold at quarterback, especially now that Alvin Kamara is coming back in this offense. So you don't not, no longer have Carr in the offense. Alvin Kamara is coming back. Definitely doesn't bode well for Michael Thomas in fantasy. I think Chris Olave will be fine. He's still a must-start fantasy player, but Michael Thomas might now might be kind of that low-end flex play instead of, I mean, honestly, a pretty good flex play through these first three weeks. The other now the none of the other injuries are too major. Patrick Mahomes rolled his ankle and exited the Chiefs game against the Bears early this last week. He said later in the game, later in the day, that he, his ankle was fine and that he should be able to play in the Chiefs' next game. But again, just want to keep an eye on that because if Patrick Mahomes isn't able to play, none of the Chiefs' wide receivers are definitely starterable. And Travis's Kelsey's ceiling is definitely probably going to lower a little bit. So definitely want to keep an eye on the Patrick Mahomes injury. Gus Edwards also came out of the Ravens game with a concussion. So he's going to have to be going through concussion protocol now. Justice Hill is expected to be back for this next game after suffering a t- turf toe injury last week. Didn't play in the Ravens week three game against the Colts. He should be back this upcoming week. So if no, if Edwards isn't able to progress through concussion protocol, Justice Hill will definitely be a low end RB2 for me. Definitely a startable option if Gus Edwards can't play. So let's now dive into the waiver wire coming out of week three. And there are definitely a lot of names that you should be looking at. And the first name, the major breakout candidate after week three was Devon A-Chain, the Miami Dolphins rookie running back out of Texas A&M. Devon A-Chain had a day against the Broncos after being inactive in week one and having only one carry for five yards in week two. Against Denver, Devon A-Chain had 18 carries for 203 rushing yards, four touchdowns, two on the ground, two through the air, and four catches for 30 receiving yards. A-Chain was a huge breakout candidate out of week three. He is definitely the first priority add out of week three. A-Chain is definitely going to be a flex play in this upcoming week in the Dolphins game against the Bills. Definitely could be a shootout game so a chain hopefully finds the end zone and the passing game mutilage is definitely a good sign for a chain if you're able to pick him up he is definitely the priority main ad coming out of week three the only issue i would have with a chain is that jeff wilson the miami dolphins other running back is currently on ir he is expected to be back after this week so he maybe could see a chain's role maybe come down a little bit after that week but I think as the season progresses, A-Chain is just going to get more and more of a role as he gets more and more comfortable in this offense. As with all rookie running backs, when they come in, they definitely always start off slow. And then as the season progresses, get more and more carries. So A-Chain, definitely a flex start this week. In the Dolphins next week, maybe we'll have to see how he plays against the Bills. But Wilson could affect him a little bit. Definitely have to maybe be tentative on that. But for this upcoming week, he is definitely a flex start. My second ad out of week two, and I had him on my waiver wire list last week on this show, is Tank Dell, the Texans rookie wide receiver. Tank Dell has had a heck of a past two games. 
in the week two, he had seven catches, 10 targets for 72 yards and a touchdown. And then this last week in the Texans game against the Jaguars, he had five catches for 145 yards on seven targets and another touchdown. So he's already scored two touchdowns in this game. He is definitely the deep threat for this Texans offense. And C.J. Stroud, the, te- the Texans rookie quarterback, has looked so good for them. He's definitely looked the best out of all the rookie quarterbacks out of this class. He is right now looking like he can maybe sustain three fantasy wide receivers with Tank Dell, I think, being the top guy. Nico Collins is going to have a role in this offense. And then Robert Woods has kind of been that safety net for him. Definitely kind of, I would say Woods is definitely like a low-end flex point. It's like in deeper leagues, but like still should be on rosters and could be startable, could be startable as we get through the, get into these bye weeks. So they could, the Texans could have three startable wide receivers in on their team right now. And CJ Stroud is definitely elevating this offense. They're just throwing the ball so much that it's definitely taking work away from Damian Pierce. And I'll talk about him more later. So my number three ad is the Chargers wide receiver, Joshua Palmer talked about him earlier. He's I think going to be the number two wide receiver in this Chargers offense. Palmer in the Chargers last game when Mike Williams exited, exited had seven targets for four catches 66 yards and a touchdown. So Palmer definitely going to be involved in this offense, as will Quentin Johnston. Both should be on rosters. I think Palmer is startable this upcoming week. Quentin Johnston, I would think he's just a bench dash as of right now. My fourth ad I was just talking about him was CJ Stroud. CJ Stroud should definitely be on teams in Superflex leagues. And even in just one quarterback leagues, CJ Stroud is Definitely a bench option that, like, if you have a Joe Burrow right now and he's just, like, been completely unstartable and and C.J. Stroud is just on the waiver, get C.J. Stroud, play him until Burrow gets over that injury, that nagging calf injury, and starts to play like we know Joe Burrow can. Like, C.J. Stroud is a startable quarterback right now as it looks right now. I mean, he's just looked so good. He's been – he has targets in Tank Dell, Nico Collins, Robert Woods – Dalton Schultz is his tight end. He, I mean, he hasn't been pointing that great, but again, still just another guy for Stroud to throw to. Stroud has just looked awesome through the first three weeks. Definitely a good sign for the Texans team as they move through the year. And my fifth ad is Matt Burita, the Giants' backup running back with Saquon Barkley injured right now. Matt Burita got the start in the Giants' last game against the 49ers on Thursday. And... While he definitely didn't have a huge role in that game, and it was kind of a weird game with the 49ers just completely dominating in that game. He only had four rushes for 17 yards, but he did get in the end zone, had a touchdown rush, but he did have three catches and then only one receiving yard. But he is definitely the Giants' main running back this week with Saquon Barkley likely to be out once again. So Matt Breida, definitely a low-end RB2 option. But again, it is against the... Seattle is against, they are playing the Seattle Seahawks. They are not that good of a rush defense. So Matt Breida definitely, I think, is a startable option this week. Probably a mid to low end RB2. He should definitely be in lineups unless your team is just looking really good. He should definitely be in lineups for this upcoming week. Again, you just have to monitor the Saquon Barkley status. So I have 10 more waiver wire ads and we'll keep going through them. Justice Hill is still a guy that I'm surprised just has not been picked up more. 
I mean, with the injury, I get it. He's only rostered, though, in 29% of ESPN Fantasy Leagues. He should be in at least half of those leagues. He'll likely will be getting the start in this week in the Ravens game against the Browns. And while, I mean, this again, this is the Cleveland Browns defense, arguably, I mean, the best defense, definitely the best defense through the first three weeks of the season, maybe the best defense in the league. It's definitely, like, Hill was definitely, like, very, very low-end flex play, kind of a desperation play if you need him. But he is definitely going to be the starting running back in this offense, especially with Gus Edwards going through the concussion. He didn't play that great in the Ravens game last game against the Colts. So I think Hill is going to be the main guy for the Ravens in the time being. He should definitely be on rosters. Josh Downs, the Colts' number two wide receiver, it's kind of had a little bit of fantasy utility through these in these last two weeks. Downs, after I mean having a quiet week week one and week two, he had twelve targets in week three in the Colts game against the Ravens. He had eight catches for fifty seven yards for thirteen point seven fantasy points. Again, I think he should get on teams just because of the potential there. The Colts, I mean Anthony Richardson didn't play in the last game, but I think Anthony Richardson could maybe start to look Downs way. I mean, Michael Pittman is the main guy in this offense, but Downs could maybe start to see a role. I definitely think he's still probably a stash in this game in this week. I don't know if he's startable, probably a very, very low end flex play, but Downs should definitely be on rosters going into week four. Another waiver wire pickup I have and another wide receiver is the Broncos wide receiver, Marvin Mims Jr., Mims has that big play ability for this Broncos offense. Huge downfield, huge downfield option target for Russell Wilson. He has just made big play after big play for this Broncos offense. In last week, in the two weeks ago, week two, in the Broncos loss against the Washington Commanders, he had two catches for 113 yards and a touchdown. And they're like, well, yeah, that's not sustainable. But then in the Broncos game against the Dolphins, he had three catches for 73 yards. So 16.6 fantasy points. Oh, he had a kickoff return touchdown. Honestly, that just dawned on me that he had that. So he, I mean, he has the kicking return um, ability. If he gets the end zone that way, he has the big play ability. I mean, Mims definitely like, I don't think he should be starting in this Broncos in the upcoming week for the Broncos in your fantasy lineup, I mean, but he should definitely be on fantasy rosters. He's definitely a big play machine, and as we get through the bye weeks, and if the Broncos team is going to be this bad and they're going to have to keep throwing the ball, I mean, Mims could be seeing plenty of downfield targets. He definitely should be on rosters going into week four. So my first tight end ad I have is the Packers tight end, Luke Masgrave. Masgrave is the number 10 fantasy tight end as of right now. Last week, he had six catches for 49 yards on eight targets for 10.9 fantasy points. So Musgrave is definitely a guy that should definitely be on rosters, and he maybe could be finding himself in low and tight end one territory he definitely could be a starter for teams that are kind of they don't have a starting tight end they're kind of just patrolling the waiver wire looking to see who maybe breaks out on the position Musgrave is definitely a guy that you should be looking at 
Another tight end I have is Jake Ferguson. Had him on my waiver wire list last week and have him on here once again. I just see so much potential with Ferguson. This Cowboys offense was tested for the first time against the Cardinals and Ferguson got tied for the most targets so far this year. He had seven targets in the last game, five catches for 48 yards, 9.8 fantasy points. And I mean, if you're, again, just patrolling the waiver wire, looking to see what tight end breaks out, Ferguson is definitely a decent option. I mean, the Cowboys' next game is against the Patriots, and they're very stingy against tight ends. So that makes Ferguson kind of a tough play for this week. But Ferguson should definitely be on rosters. As the season progresses, he's just going to get more and more of a role, get more and more in a rapport with Dak Prescott. So Ferguson should definitely be on fantasy rosters going into week four. My first, another running back I have is the Titans running back, Taji Spears. Spears, the Titans backup running back. It's just seeing, I mean, honestly, like way more point in time than I would have thought with an offense that has Derrick Henry in it. But Spears, while he isn't, scoring many fantasy points so far he just has a role right now a sustainable role right now it's not startable in fantasy but it is something that you need to monitor if you are especially if you were a Derrick Henry fantasy manager Spears should definitely be on your roster if he is in the waiver wire definitely want to pick him up in case of a Derrick Henry injury Spears would be a big play probably a high-end RB2 in this Titans offense Spears should definitely be on rosters, kind of just as a handcuff. I mean, this is kind of like the potential, like you want to pick up these kind of guys to handcuff teams. So when their running backs, when slash if their running backs get hurt, then you have them on your team and your team is looking very good when that running back gets hurt. Another guy I have on my list is Robert Woods, the Texans slot wide receiver. Again, Woods, again, I still just see him as a low end flex play. But again, he should be on rosters as we get into the bye weeks. He's only on 21.7% of ESPN rosters, and he's had a sustainable role. In the first three weeks, he's had 11.7 fantasy points, 13.4, and he only had 6.4 this last week. But again, he's getting the targets 10, 9, and 6. He's definitely a guy that should be on rosters, and I think he is a low-end flex play in the Texans game against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who aren't that good against wide receivers. So definitely, Woods is definitely a guy that should be on rosters and could maybe even be in starting lineups this upcoming week. So I have my next two guys are both Packers wide receivers, and I have Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed both on my list. These are both young wide receivers, the Packers wide receivers, though, should definitely be on rosters. Christian Watson's kind of been dealing with that injury. And Reed and Dobbs have both kind of seen fantasy utility as, I mean, through the first three weeks of the season. Reed has kind of been the main guy. He had 19.7 fantasy points, scored two touchdowns in the Packers' week two game against the Falcons. And then in their last game against the Saints, he had seven targets, three catches for 63 yards. He's definitely been a pleasant surprise for this Packers team and Romeo Dobbs is a guy that was on the team last year on the team again this year he's had 18 point he has had at least 18 fantasy points in two out of the three weeks in week one he had 18.6 fantasy points and then in this last week he had 18.3 he had five catches 
12 targets for 73 yards and a touchdown. Jordan Love has looked really good so far to start the season. Definitely making it so these Packers wide receivers could be flex plays as we get into the bye weeks. Reed and Dobbs should both be on fantasy rosters. And my last guy I want to talk about on the waiver wire is Darius Slayton. Slayton is always a guy, I mean, he's only on 1.6% of ESPN rosters, but I think that should increase. Slayton, in this upcoming, the Giants' upcoming game against the Seahawks, I think is definitely like a boomer bust flex play if you need one. He, this, I mean, the Seahawks secondary has definitely not been too good to start the year. Slayton has that big playability for the Giants, and this could maybe be a shootout in the Seahawks and Giants game. So Swain could definitely see downfield action, could find the end zone on a deep route. So Slayton is definitely, I think, a boomer bust flex play for this upcoming week. So let's now dive into my week three winners and losers. I'm going to give five winners and five losers out of week three. My first winner is the Vikings starting running back, Alexander Madison. And Madison has kind of had a roller coaster of a last week. After a poor performance in the Vikings' Thursday night football loss in week two, he had a fumble, didn't play too well. There was a lot of criticism. He was, there was people that were DMing him, racist comments. Definitely just terrible, terrible news on that front. He bounced back this week against the Chargers, had pretty good game. He had 20 carries for 93 yards and added five catches for 32 receiving yards on top of that for 17.5 fantasy points in PPR leagues. Madison is definitely right now for me a mid to high end RB2. I definitely think that he is going to keep this starting role on this Vikings offense. It's just how much is Cam Akers going to take from Madison. And this is a team that has rookie running back Ty Chandler how much do they want to get him involved as the season goes on? Again, so if Madison, I mean, he had a great, good performance against the Chargers, but it just kind of feels like if he has a couple of bad weeks in a row, like he could lose his starting job. So it's just definitely risky on the Alexander Madison fantasy front, and I'll get into more of why I have him as one of my sell high for this week. My second week two winner, week three winner, excuse me, is Keenan Allen, the Chargers' starting wide receiver, their star wide receiver. He had a heck of a game in the Chargers' win over the Vikings. Keenan Allen is right now the number one fantasy wide receiver overall. He has averaged 30.3 fantasy points in PPR weeks so far through the season. After having 14.2 and 31.1 fantasy points through the first two weeks, he had his best performance yet with 45.46 fantasy points. And I know that sounds weird, 0.46, that sounds like a quarterback's, quarterback fantasy total. Well, that's because he threw a touchdown pass for 49 yards to add on top of that. So that was kind of this crazy trick play by the Chargers. But overall, he had 18 catches on 20 targets for 215 receiving yards. Didn't catch a touchdown. But he threw for one. Keenan Allen is a bona fide wide receiver one in fantasy right now. If you got him kind of at a wide receiver two discount, definitely, definitely a huge steal in your fantasy draft. And I mean, the sky's the limit right now. Mike Williams is now 
out for the rest of the season. Allen only competing with Josh Palmer and Quentin Johnston for targets. Keenan Allen definitely going to be the top target four-star quarterback, Justin Herbert. Keenan Allen is a must-start as the season progresses, a must-start wide receiver one. My third winner, I guess I want to say my third winners from week three are both Dolphins running backs, Raheem Mostert and Devon A-Chain. They just had crazy crazy games. Devon A-Chain had 51 fantasy points. Raheem Mostert had 45. They totaled for like 300 yards on the ground. Just crazy, crazy game. And the Dolphins game against the Broncos where they scored 70 points. The whole Dolphins, Dolphins offense as a whole is a winner in this game. But I specifically want to point out the Dolphins running backs because I kind of just wanted to have nothing to do with this Dolphins backfield coming into the year. But right now, it's like, right now they have two starting running backs for fantasy right now with A-Chain and Mostert. When Jeff Wilson comes back, we'll have to see how that all works out. But Mostert is definitely a high-end RB2 start this upcoming week in the Dolphins matchup against the Bills. And I have A-Chain as a flex start. My fourth winner out of week three is the Lions starting tight end, Sam Laporta. Sam Laporta right now is the number two overall fantasy tight end. He has averaged 14.2 fantasy points. He's only behind TJ Hawkinson. He scored 22.4 fantasy points in the Lions win over the Falcons. He had 11 targets, eight catches for 84 yards and a touchdown. Sam Laporta is definitely a starting tight end for me. And I think he's going to be a starting tight end moving forward as he is just a rookie and he's only going to get better and better and more and more role in this offense. Sam Laporta was a huge winner out of week three. My last winner out of week three, and I mean, I guess it's kind of been a winner throughout the season, is Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker has is right now the number three RB running back in fantasy so far. He's averaged just under 20 fantasy points through three weeks. He had his best performance yet in the Seahawks win over the Panthers. He had 30.6 fantasy points. 18 carries for 92 yards and two touchdowns, along with three receptions for 59 receiving yards. Kenneth Walker right now looks like a RB1. I have him as a low-end RB1 right now, but Kenneth Walker is definitely the man in this backfield. And coming into the year, I was a little worried about Zach Charbonnet taking some of that role. They used a pretty, the Seahawks used a pretty high draft pick on a rookie running back. I still think as the season progresses, Charbonnet is going to get more and more playing time. And Walker definitely has an injury history. So I kind of want to temper some expectations on Kenneth Walker. But he has definitely been a huge winner through the first three weeks and especially in week three. But now I want to get into my week three losers. And my first loser coming out of week three is the Lions starting running back starting rookie running back, Jameer Gibbs. Gibbs, with Montgomery out, everyone is like, he's just going to have a day, career day. He's going to be a breakout this week. This is the week he's going to break out. And it just didn't happen that way. Jameer Gibbs, while he did have 17 carries for 80 yards, he only had one catch for two yards. And that's kind of been like the only thing that's been keeping him in the starting category is just like the receiving game. And then all of a sudden, it just went away when Montgomery wasn't in there. 
it's just like, what the heck? It's like he goes from being this target monster but not getting not being able to carry the ball much to oh he's carrying the ball a lot but now he's not getting targets what's happening I still like Jameer Gibbs his outlook as the season goes on but Jameer Gibbs might not I, I was thinking he could end up as a low-end RB1 I'm thinking he might just be like at best at the end of the season just like a high-end RB2 or a mid-range RB2 I mean right now he shouldn't even I mean honestly right now He's barely even a starting starter at the running back spot. I mean, not even. He's the number two. He's RB twenty six so far through through three weeks. He's not even averaging ten fantasy points. Definitely been a disappointment so far for fantasy managers that used like a second or third round pick on him. You definitely hope he can eventually, as the season go goes on, get better and better, get more and more of a role in this offense. But right now. I'm kind of tempering expectations on Jameer Gibbs. My second week three loser is Najee Harris. And he's kind of just been a loser in fantasy, like just throughout so far this fantasy season, but especially in this last week. Najee Harris, and I mean, the Steelers coming into week three were going to play the Raiders. And they're like, this is a get right game for Najee Harris. He should find the end zone, maybe get some targets have a big role. The Steelers offense should get going in this game. And the Steelers passing game got going, but not really the running back, not really the running game. Najee Harris had 65 rushing yards, and that was it. Didn't have any role in the receiving game, only 6.5 fantasy points. And, I mean, right now, I don't even know if, like, Najee Harris is really even a starter. I mean, the, the Steelers are now going against the Texans, so, like, I still think he's a low-end RB2, but, like, when they get, when they have a tough matchup, it's just, like, Najee Harris is just, like, if he doesn't get in the end zone, he's just a bust. I mean, the longer the days are where he is just the carry monster when he was the RB3 two years ago, kind of just a steal in the fantasy drafts. Like, Najee Harris just right now looks like just a complete bust so far through this year, and I just don't see it getting any better with Jalen Warren, the Steelers' other running back, just getting more and more playing time. And honestly, if you just watch the games, he just looks better. So I definitely see Najee Harris as a huge loser in this week three. Hopefully he can get back on track in week four in the Steelers game against the Texans, a defense that has just given up rushing touchdown after rushing touchdown after rushing touchdown. My third week three loser is the entire Giants offense. This whole offense just stunk on their Thursday night football game against the 49ers. And I get it. The 49ers are a very good defense. But Daniel Jones is kind of a guy that I saw as like a low-end QB1. And I think he's just like a matchup-dependent streaming quarterback as the season goes on. Again, I know it's Dallas and the 49ers, like two of the best defenses in the league. But in those two games, against Dallas in week one, he only had 4.46 fantasy points. And then in week three, it was even worse. He only had 3.98 fantasy points. While he did have 30 fantasy points against the Cardinals in week two, again, it's just like if he has a soft matchup, yes, he's like a low end. He's like a started, startable quarterback. But if he gets into these tougher matchups, like the Bills coming up or the Jets or the Commanders, like Dallas again, like, Eagles like I don't think he he's startable like you can't start him I mean in this upcoming week he's going to be playing the Seahawks definitely 
a softer defense so far through the years. So I think he is definitely a low end QB one for this upcoming week. But again, he just hasn't looked good as has the entire Giants offense. Darren Waller was kind of seen as a guy that, I mean, could maybe end up being like a top three tight end. They're like, he's going to be a target monster in this Giants offense. He has no competition, no real talent in the receiving game. And while all those things are right, the offense has just been so bad that Waller has just been bad in fantasy. In this last game, this last week, he had seven targets, which is which is good, but he only had three catches for 20 yards for five fantasy points. He hasn't found the end zone yet, and the Giants, I mean, whole offense as a whole has struggled to find the end zone. I mean, th- I mean, this is just not looking good for fantasy. Waller right now is kind of just a mid the mid-range tight end one. Daniel Jones is kind of just a streaming quarterback. And, I mean, there are, like, really no startable wide receivers in this Giants offense. I mean, against the Seahawks, I, I could see Slayton being a boomer bust. Like I said before, boomer bust, flex play for you. But other than that, I mean, with no Saquon right now, I mean, it's just tough. This Giants offense is definitely struggling without Saquon. I think Matt Breida, again, as they, they're playing the Seahawks this upcoming week, so I think there are some start, startable guys in this offense in fantasy. But when they get into the tougher matchups, I mean, it's really going to be just when Saquon comes back. When Saquon comes back, it's going to be Saquon, and then probably Darren Waller, just because the tight end market is just so bad. But I mean, this Giants offense has just not looked good this year. Definitely a loser out of Week Three. For my fourth Week Three loser, I have two quarterbacks. I have Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence two quarterbacks out of that year's draft class. Both have had a rough start to the year. Trevor Lawrence in the Jaguars offense has just not looked good. In week one against the Colts, they had a pretty good game, but Trevor Lawrence in this offense just has been struggling. They only scored nine points against the Chiefs, and then they just completely flopped against the Texans. Like, and the Texans defense is, like, not this, like, juggernaut. It's, like... When is this team going to get back on track? I definitely think the Jaguars offense will eventually find its footing. There is too much talent in this offense for it to not find its footing. But so far, I mean, they have been a lose. That offense has been a loser through three weeks. Definitely right now. I mean, it's right now tough to start Trevor Lawrence coming into this next week against the Falcons. He probably is still a low-end QB1 play, but... Definitely want to temper expectations so far until Lawrence in this Jaguars offense gets back on track. And that also is bogging down Calvin Ridley, who I have as my fifth week, week three loser. Calvin Ridley, a guy that I set out of week one is like, man, this guy is going to be the bona fide wide receiver one in this offense. And while I still do think that, he's going to be the main focal point for defenses and this is also a team that has Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, two guys that this Jaguars offense and Trevor Lawrence believe in. So it's like, it's not like Calvin Ridley is going to be like a Keenan Allen in this offense where he's just getting all these targets that just like make it so he's just this great play every week. Like, it's going to, I mean, he's kind of like a boomer bust wide receiver two right now. I think he's like a high end wide receiver, mid to high end wide receiver two, but I mean, it's definitely tough. Calvin Ridley in this Jaguars offense has not looked good. My other week three loser, my other quarterback is Justin Fields. Justin Fields and this whole Bears offense, really, but mostly Justin Fields, has just not looked good at all. The Bears have been blown out in every single game they've played so far. Justin Fields, a guy that was like, 
ooh, maybe he can be the QB1 this year with his with his uh, rushing game. He hasn't been running the ball much at all. I mean, through three weeks, he's had 59 rushing yards against the Packers, only three against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they had 47 against the Chiefs. Like, this is a guy that broke the record for most rushing yards by a quarterback in a season last year, and now it's like... I mean, while 59 and 47, I'm like, those aren't bad numbers by any means, but like not what we're accustomed to seeing from Justin Fields. He is currently he is the number 21 quarterback in fantasy. And now, I mean, they're they're playing Denver, a, a defense that just gave up 70 points against the Dolphins. So hopefully this is the game where the where the Bears can get back on track. But it's definitely tough. I mean, I definitely think he's a startable quarterback option this week. But again, it's just been tough for Justin Fields fantasy managers. I mean, there definitely may be if he struggles this week, you might have to be looking at other options at the quarterback spot. So let's now get into the last but my favorite segment of the show, my trade advice, my buy lows and sell highs. I'm going to give five buy lows and five sell highs after week three. My first buy low is Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs, it's kind. this is kind of reminding me of last year. Jacobs, through three weeks last year, was not great. But then after that, had a career year, was the leading rusher in the NFL last year, was a huge fantasy league winner for your team. And this year, he's honestly started off better this year than he did last year. Josh Jacobs right now is the RB25 averaging 10 fantasy points. While that doesn't seem great, he still has a major role in this offense, and they now have the Chargers. This is a game get-right game for Josh Jacobs. I think this is the game he breaks out in this year. I mean, not really break out. Like he broke out last year, but I'm saying this is the game where he dominates, gets back to his RB1 form, and then I think the rest of the year, he's just going to dominate the rest of the way. Josh Jacobs is my buy low for this week. I'm seeing very similar patterns to last year. He still has a huge role on, on, in the rushing game, obviously, and in the receiving game. Definitely want to buy low on Josh Jacobs. My second buy low is Javante Williams. Javante Williams has just been steady so far this year. Coming off of a major knee injury last year, like we knew it was going to be slow coming out of the gate. But, like, it's been very, very slow. I mean, he's he's gotten a steady workload. Third, he's averaging, like, 12 carries through through the first three weeks, getting about a little under 50 yards a game so far. Hasn't topped 10 fantasy points, though. So, I mean, it's definitely making it so, like, he's just a low-end RB2 play so far, especially for this week. But I think as the season progresses and Williams gets more and more comfortable in the Sean Payton offense and Payton gets more and more comfortable with Williams after the injury, I think he's going to get a bigger role. He's going to get the ball more. He's going to get those red zone touches. And I think he could be a very like a high-end RB2 or a low-end RB1. I still believe in Javante Williams. I think he's a major buy low. I think you can get him for a very cheap price. My third buy low is Joe Burrow. I think fantasy managers are just done with Joe Burrow this year. There is definitely, like, everyone has just been completely off with Joe Burrow. And, I mean, Joe Burrow, I mean, he hasn't looked good so far. I mean, he has literally been one of the worst starting fantasy quarterbacks so far. He is the number 30 quarterback in fantasy so far. There's only 32 teams. Like, he has not been great. 
But I still think that Joe Burrow is a guy that, like, we've seen it. He is a QB1 in fantasy. He's dealing with the calf injury. I think as that gets better and better, Joe Burrow is going to get better and better. This offense is going to get better and better. I mean, if you remember, the Bengals offense struggled in the first three weeks last season, too. And we were asking these same questions. But, I mean, now we have the injury coming into it. But, I mean, this this Bengals offense is too talented, too good to not improve, not get better. This is their rock bottom. There's only, I mean, the only way is up right now for this Bengals offense. I think Joe Burrow is kind of the, if you need a quarterback and you're wanting to trade for a quarterback in fantasy, Joe Burrow, I think, is a huge buy low coming out of week three. My fourth buy low, which kind of seems weird because he's been performing really good, is Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson, while he is the number seven fantasy running back right now, he is a top three fantasy running back. He only scored 10 fantasy points in the Falcons' week three loss to the Lions, but he has just been so good. He hasn't even, he's only found the end zone once so far this year. I mean, he has just got a huge role in this Falcons offense. He's the main guy. I think he, if you are looking for an RB1, I think B. John Robinson's a guy that you should be trying to trade for because he is going to be a top three running back when this season ends injury bearing. My last buy low candidate out of week three is Calvin Ridley. Touched on him earlier, but I still think Calvin Ridley is the top wide receiver in this offense. There are better days ahead for this Jaguars offense. I think Calvin Ridley is a major buy low. I see him as a high-end wide receiver two or a low-end wide receiver one. Going into going into the rest of the season, I think Calvin Ridley is a guy that should be on your radar if you are wanting to get a wide receiver. But let's now jump into my sell highs. These guys have been playing so good this year, but I think they're at their ceiling, and you should maybe think about moving off of them. My first sell high, which I've had as a sell high every single week, but he just keeps on performing, is Raheem Mostert. Raheem Mostert, I get it. He's been he's been playing so good, like crazy good. Raheem Mostert right now is the number one fantasy running back, but guys, he is not the best running back, and he is not going to finish as the best running back in fantasy. There is so much competition for target for carries on this Dolphins offense, especially when Wilson comes back. Again, I, I right now Mostert is like he's he's playing great, good. If you can get like low end RB one value for him. I would take it. I just don't see him keeping this good of a role at the end of the season, especially with Devon A. Chain, the rookie who's only going to get more and more work, and with Jeff Wilson coming back. I just I just don't see it happening. I think Raheem Mostert is a major sell high. My second sell high is Alexander Madison. Madison right now looks like a high-end RB2, and I think you need to take advantage of that. Because if, for whatever reason, he starts to lose his role to Cam Akers or Ty Chandler starts to get more into the fold, like, he will be, he will turn into, like, a barely, like, a low-end flex play at that point. Right now, volume is king. Madison hasn't been too efficient. It's just been volume. And if that volume goes away, he, his fantasy value is going to go away. So I think if this is the time to move off of Alexander Madison, if you want to keep him for one more week, he is playing the Panthers, a very bad run defense. So, again, you could keep Madison for one more week just to give him one more good week and then move off of him. But I see Madison as a sell-high candidate. My third sell-high is Puka Nakua. 
Puka Nakua, now, he is currently the number six fantasy wide receiver. He's been great. Huge breakout candidate so far this year. But Cooper Cup's going to be coming back after this year. And then I believe he's going to go into kind of the 2-2 Atwell role, where he's going to be kind of just like a flex play. Might be a week where he only scores six, but there could be a week where he scores like 17. This Rams offense is going to throw the ball a lot, and they have some good matchups coming up. But if you can get like high-end wide receiver two or low-end wide receiver one value at all for him. I mean, I, I think that'd be pretty tough to do, but if you can get that, if there's just someone that sees him in that light, I would move off of him. Again, I don't think you have to trade him. Don't just trade him just to trade him. If you can't get the right value, don't do it. But if you can get that value, definitely you should think about moving off of him. My fourth sell-high candidate is Zach Moss, the Colts' starting running back. He is currently the RB13 in fantasy, and he missed week one due to injury. In the last two weeks, he has scored 20.7 fantasy points and 22.5 fantasy points. He had 30 rushes in the Colts' win against the Ravens for 122 yards, two catches with a touchdown reception for 23 yards. Moss has definitely been a huge, huge player for this Colts team and your fantasy rosters if you've been playing him for these last two weeks. But again, I have Moss as a sell high because again, this is going to be his last week until maybe Jonathan Taylor comes back because Taylor would be eligible to come back on the pub list in week five. So if Taylor comes back, Moss's value just completely goes to zero, won't be startable at all. I don't, I mean, again, there's still question marks. Is Jonathan Taylor going to come back? Is he going to get traded? Da, 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 da. Let's just say he doesn't get traded. I still see Zach Moss as a sell high. Just because, like, I think Zach Moss, when Anthony Richardson is playing, Zach Moss is not going to be getting 30 carries. Like, in the, against the Texans, he had 18 carries. And again, like, he, he found the end zone, which was great. But it's like, I mean, this last game, I just think was huge. was just like, I think it was because there wasn't Anthony Richardson. I think when Anthony Richardson comes back, when he plays against his Rams team, I want to see Zach Moss as, like, a low-end RB2 and he's starting right now with no Jonathan Taylor. So I think if you can get high-end RB2 value for Zach Marshall, mid-RB2 value for him, you should definitely think about trying to move off of him just in case Jonathan Taylor comes back or the Anthony Richardson effect comes into play and he's not getting the same kind of a role with Richardson in the fold. My last sell high is kind of a weird one because he hasn't really been playing that great, but I have DJ Moore as my last sell high. DJ Moore has kind of been a little bit of a disappointment for fantasy managers. He's currently the number 42 wide receiver in fantasy. He's averaged 11.3 fantasy points. I think this is your chance to move off of him. If you can get him for like high-end wide receiver two value or wide receiver two value, I would move off of him just because I only see him as like a flex play. This is an offense that just hasn't looked good. They have they also have Darnell Mooney and Chase Claypool more as those guys for targets. Fields just hasn't looked good. The offense hasn't looked good. And this is also a team that likes to run the ball. So all these things are moving against DJ Moore and against DJ Moore. So if you can get like wide receiver two value for him, I would try to move off of DJ Moore. But with that, week three fantasy football is in the books. Make sure to tune in next week as I will be recapping week four of NFL fantasy football if you have any questions make sure to email 
unlimitedfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and make sure to tune in next week.